0: Up And um, I hope that we take the message of the choir, let everything that has breath, and I know you have breath, so we're going to praise the Lord this morning. I'd like to welcome you to this morning's service, and uh, as we continue to praise God for 50 years of faithful ministry at Calvary Bible Church. In Psalm 145 and verse 4, we have these words. It says, one generation shall praise your work to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And that's for us to do. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you today for, first of all, for waking us up this morning in our sound mind. Thank you, dear Lord, for your loving kindness and your tender mercies to each one of us. Like as a father, you had pity upon us. You made us. You remember us, dear Lord. And uh, you look beyond our faults and spared our life for one more week. Thank you. And today, dear Father, as we assemble, we are here to praise your name. And taking the message of the choir this morning, we are going to give you all the praise. Because you deserve it. There are those who would like to be here this morning, but are hindered by unavoidable circumstances I pray for them I pray for Pastor Lee at this time would you draw very near to him and touch him help him dear Lord to realize that you love and you care for him thank you dear Lord for his faithfulness I pray that you would draw near to him And heal him. Pray, dear Lord, that you would continue to be with his wife also. Pray for Sister Wish also, who is traveling to the U.S. today. And, Father, for those of us who have been blessed with this opportunity to assemble together here this morning. I pray that you would help us to give you our very best Thank you for your presence. We know that we do not have to invite you in the service because you promise in your word that wheresoever two or three are gathered, you are in the midst to bless and to do good. Thank you. Now, dear Lord, help us that we would listen to your word today. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Good morning church. We're going to read two psalms this morning. One is taken from the very song that the choir opened up with, Psalm 150, and the other is a very familiar one as well, Psalm 100. And we are going to read this psalm to each other because one of the marks of a New Testament Spirit-filled church is that we speak to each other with psalms. And so we're going to invite you to do that. The uh pastor who is uh on stage pastor brian also pastor uh, jerry is on stage and also the choir and praise team we're going to read part of the psalm to you and you'll read part of it back to us let's talk to each other with the psalm 150 shall we stand as we read from god's word and praise him this morning who is worthy of all praise all pastors and choir and praise team beginning praise the lord praise god in his sanctuary Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Praise the Lord. He's worthy. Amen. Let's praise Him who is our health and our salvation. And the one who is our everything, worthy of our praise. Praise to the
2: Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him, for He is thy health and salvation.
1: to praise our King, to praise our Savior, to praise our Lord. Praise to the Lord. Praise to the Lord, who are all things so wondrously
2: reigning. Shelters thee under its wings, and yes, so gently sustains.
1: The Lord, O my soul, all that is in me, bless his holy name. Praise to the Lord. Praise Praise to the Lord Lord, who does prosper thy
2: work and
1: the lord with an applause hallelujah lord you are good you are good to us lord you're our health you're our salvation you're our everything our all in all amen let's continue to read from psalm 100 now the 100th psalm and pastors and choir and praise team will again start this psalm and you just talk back to us make, make a, joyful a joyful shout to prayer. the lord all you lands.
2: Serve the Lord with, land, and the Lord with precious his
1: name. Know that the Lord, He is God, God. it, it is, is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the people sheep of His pasture.
2: Enter
1: into and, his family, and his Be thankful to Him and bless His name. Everyone, for the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting and it's truly yours to all generations. You believe that this morning? Amen. Let's sing to the Lord. Oh Lord, you
2: have been good. You have been
1: the Lord. Do you love him this morning? Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
3: We have been blessed so far this month as we have been celebrating our 50th anniversary. On Friday evening, we had a wonderful time in the Elvich Auditorium, this nostalgia night as we reflected by so many on the goodness of our God over the past 50 years. I just want to remind you of the upcoming events as we get now to the close of our celebrations. This evening... We will be looking at a slide presentation of the years that Pastor Russell was there as pastor. We sh- also will be hearing from Sister Anderson via video and our brother Keith Phillips, who happens to be here on the island. He will be sharing with us briefly how the Lord has been working in this ministry in Jamaica and know what is happening with OAC, here in the Bahamas. So we trust and pray that you will be out this evening. Next Lord's Day in the morning, we shall have a youth emphasis and Pastor Lee will be bringing the message. And next Sunday evening we anticipate a gala celebration in singing, sing, led by Sister Eleanor and the wonderful choir, as we will be celebrating God's wonderful blessings over the years, over the fifty years of the music ministry of Calvary Bible Church. It is an event you will not want to miss. You will be hearing from no, those from 50 years ago to the present day. And so I know your hearts will be blessed. In connection with that, next Sunday evening after our time here in the sanctuary, we will be going into the Earl Auditorium for a time of fellowship and food. And Sister Eleanor asked that we announce that we still need Donations of sandwiches for next Sunday evening. So we trust that you would see Sister Eleanor after the service today and show her your willingness to assist in this matter. Now this morning, I have a card and letter that I would like to read from someone who worshiped here at Calvary Bible Church many years ago. Some of you that were here in those days would remember Sister Gertrude Phillips, who is the aunt of our brother Keith Phillips. Um, She worshipped and she sang in the choir for so many years. So I have a little note that from Sister Gertrude that I would like to read at this time. She writes, My dear brethren and friends, it was good when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. I greet you well. It was in the Easter season of 1963 I came to Nassau. As a young Christian man, I needed a place to worship, a place where the word of God is not compromised, so I could continue to grow in the knowledge and the strength of Of the Lord. My brother Leonard Phillips, now deceased, who was a resident for some years before me, took on the task of taking me to a number of churches to see which one would be suitable for me. None so far as satisfied me. Then one day he told me that he was going to take me to Brother Leach's church. The, there he said, I would enjoy this ministry, no doubt about it. Just as my brother said, it was truly, I will never forget, yes, I will never forget the many inspiring sermons, singing, special programs, and so much more. It was so awesome. Those approximately 21 years mean so much to me. I would just like to take this opportunity to wish you a happy 50th anniversary. May the Lord bless and keep you. Wish I could be there to join in the celebrations. May the Lord guide you to the place and to that level over the next 50 years, if he tarries. I leave with you it's promise, as recorded in Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, and not to harm, plans to give you hope for the future. Reverend Phillips.
0: Thank you very much, Brother Jerry, and uh, today we will be honoring seven more of the ministries of our church, and I'm going to ask my lovely wife if she'd come up here and help me to um, do these, seven more we're going to be doing today. Beginning with the AIDS ministry, led by Helen Arnett, along with her husband, Pastor Frederick Arnett, this ministry started shortly after the first case of AIDS was found in the Bahamas. The role is to help family with the disease. In the early years, they saw many die from the disease. However, now the disease is controllable. If the person take their medication, they can live a normal life, just as those who have diabetes or any other chronic disease. Would the workers of the AIDS ministry present and past? Would you stand, please? Thank you very much. Secondly, we go to Christian education, commonly known as Christian ed. This is the Sunday school. The ministry of the Sunday School began on the 23rd of September, 1962, under the leadership of Brother Reedit Roberts. Other men serving as General Superintendent over the years were Pastor Jesse Thompson, Philip Sawyer, Reginald Sands, Carol Sands, and Pinder. Paul Lowe and Jerry Sawyer. In 2008, the ministry name was changed to Christian Ed and a committee was formed to oversee the ministry. They are Randolph Pierce, director, Pastor Wendley Fowler, teacher trainer. Pastor Jerry Sawyer, Pastoral Board, Deborah Pinder, Preschool, Jennifer Pierce, Grade School, Youth Pastor Michelle Lully, Teens, and Ron Springle, Adults. Would all the workers of this department stand at this time, please? Thank you very much. We come to the men's ministry. This ministry started in nineteen sixty nine by Joseph Sweeting, now led by Errol Falkerson. They meet once a month for fellowship. They also assist the needy with repairs to homes, and other maintenance. They also take time on Saturday, occasionally, to meet with the boys in the neighborhood to play games. Would all those involved in this ministry kindly stand at this moment? Thank you very much.
4: We have the Singles Ministry. This ministry started in 1985, led by Una Carey and Margaret Smith, currently led by Vida Roll. A group of single Christians where the social, cultural, economic, race, age, and gender barriers that inhibit unity, and oneness are effectively removed. Integrate group gatherings with prayer, fellowship, and discussions that are pertinent to singles. Provide an atmosphere of genuine acceptance of other believers. This group's ministry provides activities where we reach out to those in need. Sorry we're not a dating service. We're just a bunch of other believers. Would those involved in the Singles Ministry please stand at this time? Thank you. We have the teens Ministry, started in 1968 by Reg and Rita Sands, currently led by Pastor Mitchell O. Lally and team. Teams meet every Friday evening for Bible study, corporate and small group worship, and also times of games and fellowship. This ministry teaches out, reaches out to grades tw- seven through 12. Some of the college students are in the group as leaders in training. All leaders and helpers, please stand of the King's Ministry at this time. Thank you very much. We have the Widow's Ministry, started in 2008 by current leader Priscilla Cartwright and Martha Albrey. This is a ministry to the widow of the church, where they can come together and share with one another. Would the leaders of the widow ministry please stand? <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Operation Much, started in 1981 by Pastor Frederick and Sister Helen Arnett, currently led by David Hamilton. This ministry distributes food bags for the needy in the community on Monday and Wednesday of each week. The goal is to help persons who have lost their jobs or do not have the means to earn a living, to supplement food items in a small way until they are able to find work again. Will the leaders in this and workers in this ministry please stand?
3: been given in memory by a number of families of their loved ones, Don and Anita McIntosh and family, in memory of their parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, Merlin and Vivian Aubrey, Janet Parks, Eleanor Bethel, Michael Lowe, Rada Thomas, Murdy Lowe and Cheryl Cook in memory of their parents and sister, Eric, Vanessa, and Kathy Lowe, Ingrid and Danny Knowles and Deidre Knowles and family, in memory of Ingrid and Deidre's mother, Sylvia Eloise Ford, and her brother, Trevor Ford, Martha, Glenn, Karen, and Jonathan, in memory of their husband, father and grandfather, Thomas Pinder, Glenn Pritchard and family, in memory of Brother Albert Pritchard, Lisa and Simeon Clark, in memory of their mother and grandmother, Eloise Clark, Megan, Knowles and family, in remember of Perlene Bodie and Anthony Stort. So good to see each and every one of you here this morning. I have... One name that's been given to me at Visiting, Martha Brown. Would you raise the hand so we could recognize you? Thank you. Right at the back. Do we have any others here for the first time? Would you raise your hand? Yeah, the way this side. Oh, right here. And if I got to calling off names of people who were here special for these celebrations, I would get in trouble. But I see one young lady at the back. She was here last Sunday. And this young lady, I happened to have taught Sunday school with her in the primary department. Must have been over 40 years ago. Sister Lucille Russell, so good to have you here with us. I apologize if I leave anybody out, but Sister Lucille has always been real special, especially to those who work with her over the many years. You're all special, and so we're going to give you a time now to greet each other in the Lord. Okay, no, the children will not go to junior church today, so you have opportunity to greet each other. Much. We have unaccompanied this, this morning. <laughs> Over the month, we have given you the congregation an opportunity to share. Or what Calvary Bible Church has meant to you. And this morning, we want to focus on, for a few minutes, the third, fourth, and fifth decades. That is the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s. If you'd like to share about the ministry as meant to you during those years, we're going to get two young men here with microphones and we want you to wait till they come, but you raise your hand and you stand and you have an opportunity to share what the ministry of Calvary Bible Church has meant to you these, these last three decades. Who will be the first? They are the 80s would be during the time of Pastor Russell's ministries, and of course, the 90s and the 2000s would be the time during Pastor Lee's ministries.
5: Thank you. I'm in the 2000s as opposed
0: to the earlier period. I would not be here in this Nassau Bahamas had it not been for. Calvary Bible Church. I plan to leave this country and this is one of the major reasons. There are others, but this is one of the major reasons for my staying here. Thank you.
3: Thank you, No <clears throat> one else? No one else, everybody, nobody has anything to be thankful for over these years. I know I'm thankful. I just wonder, okay, Sister Joan.
4: I am here in 91, and I thank God for Calvary Bible Church. I have been truly blessed from the day I came here.
3: Thank you. This one is Sister Brenda here at the front.
5: I came in during Pastor Russell's time and I was truly blessed and we had good prayer time. I really appreciate that time. And that is that inspired me and I love praying.
3: Thank you, Sister Brenda.
5: Good morning, church. Um, Well, I thank God for Calvary Bible Church. Uh, We started coming here in uh, 1994. Shortly after we got married, Tracy and I did. I know she was from Bermuda. I grew up uh, in a Baptist church, and um, she grew up part Anglican and I guess part Pentecostal. So we were trying to figure out how we could make these two backgrounds mesh together, and it was going to be a challenge so, um, uh, fortunately, we, I was able to, I got an invitation to come to Calvary Bible Church because I had to stand as godfather for a friend of mine. And that was the first experience I had. That was when, shortly after Pastor Lee started here. And it impacted me to that point that I said, okay, well, let's try Pastor Lee's uh, Calvary Bible Church and see what happens. And, and we both came here after we got married and she moved here. And the rest is history. We've been here now we've been married almost 20 years. So we really appreciate what this church has meant for us. And both of our kids were born here and baptized and and, uh, growing up here very well, and we really appreciate it. Thank you. you.
3: Someone else?
6: Okay. Uh, He probably doesn't remember this, but um, Pastor Russell came along to our house in Blair Estates when uh, our first son was born, and it was a very special time for us, and and, uh, that was 33 years ago. But Pastor Russell, I just want to say how much we appreciate that, that little visit. And uh, it was very meaningful to us. And we just thank God for for your ministry and for Calvary Bible Church over the years.
3: We have one more. Okay. Okay.
7: Pastor Russell really had the gift of hospitality. Every year he hosted the... um, the deacons, the deacon board, and I really appreciated that. Thank you,
3: Brother Steve. Oh, there's one more, okay. Uh-huh. We'll also give you time this evening to share.
7: Oh. Yeah, I, I came, we came here as a family in 1988 um, from an Anglican background, and I truly appreciate the. Reception and the hospitality that was shown to us um, when we first came. I too can speak of uh, the hospitality from the Russells uh, during his pastorship here. Uh, we went to, we were invited to their home around the Christmas time. There was a number of people who was invited uh, around Christmas time. My wife and I were among them, and uh, I thank God for those times because it. It helped us to confirm that, um, uh, you know, this, it was not just a Sunday thing, but it was warm fellowship, it was good teaching, and uh, I really appreciate um, how we were welcomed here, and I, I thank God for being a part of Calvary. Uh, just one of the things that stand out, um, being at Pastor Russell's house that time, that was uh, when I find out that um, you can, the best way to store coffee is in the freezer, <laughs>
3: Thank you, Pastor Clinton. Amen. Thank you very much. Now, This evening, again, we will have an opportunity to share in the ministry. And now, we have a special. Yes, just to be. One, one more. Oh, sorry. Okay. One more.
8: Good morning to everyone It's my pleasure I've known Calvary Bible All of my life I know most of the folk That you have here At this wonderful chapel I am from the Shirley Heights Gospel Chapel I have been there now More than 40 years My family and myself My true wife I only have one lady. (laughs) I've had her for the past 53 years with great delight. (laughs) I've asked the Lord for her. I know where I read the scriptures that he told me that I can have her. And as I came here this morning, I told a young man who is, has been married for uh, approximately 30 years and uh, doing very well of how he can stay out of sin. That's not my talk this morning, but I'm just—I've just mentioned that to let you know that I have been standing with God for quite some time. I know your—I have known your pastor, your, and uh, I'm delighted to know that he came over here. I'm happy that he did, and I pray for him regularly all of his life. Your visiting legend friend and brother this morning mentioned a name in giving some information, and uh, I called him. And let him know that I have known him for more than 50 years. I am grateful to know that you've got a man like our brother Joseph Sweeting, And in your fellowship, he served with me at the prison ministry. And I'm wearing one of my gifts this morning my tie suit the young lady right here looking at me i know her she is my eldest daughter god god child
3: thank you so much thank you so much my brother thank you okay
8: Well, I do not roam. This is the reason why many people do not see me and know me. But the men on the street, when they meet me or come to my business, they chat and talk with me and tell me many joyful things that make my heart rejoice.
3: Amen. Rejoice. Thank you, my brother. In God.
8: A, a, a large program this morning. Yes. Oh, yes. I <laughs> Thank. right here. Uh, I delight in whenever she comes in or comes out because I know where she is going or where she is coming.
3: Yes. Thank you so much, my brother.
8: Amen.
0: very much, Sister B. Yes, and in majesty, we know that he will come. But is he, he's, is he coming for you? That's the question. And if you're not ready, you can make your calling and election sure now. The joy is mine to, this morning, this afternoon, to welcome Pastor Russell back to the pulpit, at Calvary Bible Church. We know that he pastors here for many years. And uh, it was during his ministry that my wife and I came into the membership of Calvary Bible Church. And always remember Pastor Russell with this expression. If you ask him, how are you today, Pastor Russell? He would say, I'm improving. (laughs) So, Lord bless you, Pastor Russell, as you come. Thank God.
6: And I'm still improving. I was going to say good morning, but it's good afternoon. Um, I would like to spend time reminiscing, but I'll save that for this evening. uh, Because um, I have one or two in the congregation who warned me that if I were long-winded, they would start, stand up and wave a flag or something at me. Uh, but uh, if you've got a roast in the oven, I promise you it will be well done, okay? Um, but it is a real joy for my wife and myself to be here. Uh, we didn't know if she was going to make it, but we thank God that it has become possible. And we've had such a welcome uh, back home, okay? Um, And um, you were mentioning hospitality. My first wife, Betty, um, was just loved to um, uh, welcome people into our home when... uh, Morag and I married. I warned her uh, what she was in for. And we married on the 1st of November, so by the end of the month, we were beginning to extend hospitality uh, up to the Christmas time. And I always jokingly said, both to my first wife and my second wife, that I really loved that time around Christmas because at least I got a decent meal because somebody else had come <laughs> And you can see I really failed over that, (laughs) but it was a joy to have the choir, to have the uh, deacons, to have different groups in. We usually had about 30 in each evening over a period of time, and it was a wonderful time of fellowship. Thank you for the opportunity to be here, and uh, at 85, I'm happy to be anywhere. Wouldn't you agree? And uh, we're happy to spend that time with you. And I'm still preaching. Uh, when I'm not invited to a church, I preach to my wife. It just keeps me, keeps me going. Um, I have, it's 62 years, past June, since I was ordained to the ministry. And I thank God for every moment, every day. There were some people came into my life to remind me that I was still human. Others were there just to encourage. And uh, you were not without those days of encouragement. We thank God for the time here. And as I look over the congregation to see so many of you today. I want to speak to the subject of getting back to basics. Here we are at the 50-year mark. If the Lord should tarry, I doubt if we're going to have another 50 years, but whatever the Lord's timing is. And we need to be prepared for the days that lie before us. There's a great danger to rest on our laurel to look back and thank God for the old days. But we need to realize that God functions in the present, moment by moment, day by day. He only grants to us one moment of time. We never know the moment when He'll take us out of this scene of time. So we need to use it wisely and with all the energy and ability we have to serve him. And I want to direct your attention to a church that's spoken of in the book of Revelation. The third chapter, verse 14 to the end of the chapter. And I believe that this church, in many ways, represents the age in which we live today. We are living in an age of affluence. We're living in an age of incredible changes in technology. My granddaughter came to me one day when she was about 12 years of age, and she said to me, Papa, I have an assignment from school. I am supposed to interview you, find out about your life, your background, and and so on. So she went through it all, told her where I was born, and, and I was born in the Holy Land, you know that, Scotland. Um, and um, we went through all of these questions, and they came to this interesting question. "She said, Papa, when you were a boy, what television programs did you watch? <laughs> oh, my dear. I didn't, They didn't even invent them in those days. <laughs> so you see, I've lived through all of these things. And you know the latest is the iPhone 5 that came on the market now. And that's the program. That's the world in which we live. But there's a great danger in this world. We get the impression that we hold the world in our hand that we control what's happening, that we have the expertise, that we have the scientific knowledge, that we have the technological abilities, that we can do what we want. And let me tell you, when we move into that era, we're in danger. And this is the word that goes to the church at Laodicea. Listen to it. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are not neither cold nor hot. I would wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich. I have much wealth. I have need of nothing. I do not know what you... You do not know that you are wretched and miserable, poor, blind, naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, white raiment that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eyesalve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him, he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to all with me to sit with me in my throne. And I, as I also overcame and sat down with my Father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I believe that we are in the dangerous time of saying to ourselves, well, Lord, we've got it made. We're rich. We're increased with good. We've got all the technology. We can do this all by ourselves. And he's at the door, and he's knocking, waiting to get in. Let me tell you, no matter how much we accomplish, No matter what we invent, we need to realize that we can do nothing without Him. And we need to get back to basics. I came across a couple of interesting quotes that go like this. One of them was by Warren Wiersbe, one of my favorite Bible teachers. And he said this, We are rearranging the furniture... And the house is burning down. There's another quote that comes from the great ship Titanic that we have been celebrating this year. And I'm told that the deck hands were rearranging the deck chairs while the Titanic was sinking. I think we're doing the same thing in church. We're trying our way. We're trying our programs. We're trying to organize ourselves in such a way that we can do it, and we really don't need God to help us. We are so rich. We are so influential. Church has become acceptable. We can do our own thing. But I want to tell you something this morning, that we need to realize that in this 21st century, one basic fact needs to be faced, and that is that society is not here to change the church. The church is here to change society. That's our business. That's our ministry in the world. And that includes every one of you who knows Jesus Christ as a personal Savior and Lord. Relatively speaking, we have become like the church at Laodicea. We're rich and increased with goods, have need of nothing. And God is saying to us, you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked, unless you open your life and open your ministry uh, to me. Somehow or other, we've taken over the management And we are dictating the program, and we have all the latest gadgets. And the church, as I look at it today, across our North American continent, even throughout the Caribbean, the church has become an organization rather than an organism, a living and vital part of God's plan and program for the world we are failing to recognize that its life comes from the indwelling Spirit of God and its directives come from the Word of God. We can sit down with our committees. We can sit down with our conferences. But in the final analysis, it's only as we sit down with God and His Word that we can know his hand of blessing to be upon the ministry that he has entrusted to us. We're living in a world, and this shows my age, by the way. We're living in a world where we're urged to be contemporary. Have you heard that word? That's the thing today. A number of our churches in the area where we live in Canada have a contemporary service at 11 o'clock, but the traditional one is at 9.30. They expect the old folks to get up early and go to church, and the young folks, they get a chance to sleep in and take church in along the way. I want you to note something about this word contemporary. You notice what... The main part of the word is temporary. It's passing. It's fleeting. I've lived in contemporary times for the last 85 years. Did you know that? Every time I turned around, somebody was saying we need to be contemporary. Unfortunately, while we are trying to make everything appealing, It has literally become, at times, appalling. And we stand in the judgment of God. You know, as I look at the world, I get the feeling that many times the same stench that went up from Sodom and Gomorrah is rising into the nostrils of God today. And we're trying to cover up the smell with their freshener. What we need to do is carry out the garbage. And unfortunately, in many of our churches today, there's a lot of garbage that needs cleaning out. I came across a very interesting Statement that was given by a church father. And you know that wasn't yesterday. That was quite a few years ago. And it said this, that when they were talking about Noah's ark, you remember? Can you imagine the situation with all those animals crammed into an ark? Who got rid of the garbage from that? I I grew up in farming country. I know what it is to work in the barn and work with the horses and the cattle. And this is what this church father said about Noah's Ark. He said, if it weren't for the judgment on the outside, you could never stand the smell on the inside. And sometimes the only reason we do what we're doing is because We just want to escape the judgment of God rather than do the work of God. Getting back to basics, what are they? Number one, we need to get back to the Word of God. That's where it all begins. God has divinely preserved his word and committed it to us to preach it without fear or favor. When young Timothy was the pastor in Ephesus, which was a very prosperous place, it was rich, it had the largest library in the world, it had medical facilities, If you walk down the ruins of Ephesus today, you see the evidences of those riches. I've been that way many, many times. But when Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, to young Timothy, you know what he said to him? Very simply, very plainly, preach the word. And we need that challenge today. John of the book of Revelation eventually came back into Ephesus. John, by the way, is buried there. But that church was so important that Paul was saying to them, above all and before all, preach the word. You know what happened in the book of Revelation? It tells us there about the church of the Ephesians. You know what it says about them? They left their first love. What an indictment. And there's a great danger in this contemporary world in which we live that we leave our first love, that we try all the gimmicks and gadgets and programs And paraphernalia, and we forget that the only thing that works is God's Word, used by the Spirit of God to change men and women from sinners to saints. And we need to do that without fear or favor. So as you embark on the next 50 years, God willing, this is what needs to be first and foremost in all That lies before us. Remember in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Tells us in the book of Psalms. That his word is a lamp to our feet. And a light to our path. We need to get back to basics. We need to get back to the simple yet profound proclamation of God's Word. Second thing we need to do is we need to get back to the reality of the worship of God. Now, we talk about worshiping God. And we have all kinds of ideas in our head what worship is about. Listen what it says in Psalm 46. This psalm reminds us that when the whole world is in turmoil, when the hills are falling down around us, when the seas are raging. You notice what it says? Be still and know that I am God. Have you ever noticed that we live in a world of noise? It's incredible. If you go over to the States, go into these big malls, all you hear are these noises coming out of every shop, trying to sell their ware or trying to bless their music louder than the others. Or if you're driving along the street here, you notice that boom box that goes. Okay? We don't know what it is to be still and know that He is God. We're missing that. When last did you take time to really worship God, to shut down everything that produces sound in your home? Take the Word of God and let God speak to you. Let God, by His Spirit, move in your heart and life. That's why it says in the book of Revelation, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. When have we last taken time to do that? We lower the standards. We are concerned about quantity and not quality. The glory of God needs to be our goal. The worship of God is the key to our witness in the world. We need to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. I want to say this, that sometimes our prayers are perfunctory. And our praise to God is often empty noise. The old statement of faith says this What is man's chief end? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Is that your goal in the worship of God? Is that what you anticipate? We need to differentiate between praise and worship. Praise is when we sing, when we rejoice with the instruments. And by the way, I've been enjoying the music here in Calvary. I wish I could transport the organist and the choir, and up to Canada these days. We've taken the organ out of the church. They tell us that that's only used at hockey games. I know they need something to kill the terrible tragedy in hockey these days. But they've taken it out. And we have noise. It's all right to praise God, but there are times when we need to be quiet and let God speak to us, to be still and know that He is God. Third thing, And getting back to basics, not only to God's Word and not only to the worship of God, but we need to get back to the wells of God. The wills of God. Notice what it says in Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me and they have fountains of living water. They have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, And they have made for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that hold no water. When you realize that the background to the Word of God and the people of God in the Old Testament, very much desert land, and so water was very important. But we have got the habit today, as it was in Jeremiah's day, that we want to do our own thing build our own cisterns, collect our own resources. But the Word of God says it doesn't work. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet as he saw the country of Israel going down and down and away from God. And he witnessed the ravage of Jerusalem and the final abandonment of the people, the Babylon we need to realize that we cannot compromise with the world. We need to go to the resources of our Lord Jesus Christ. Where are we turning these days for our resources? Without the resources that God has made available to, do to, to us to make use of, we can do nothing. There's an interesting note from Second Peter chapter 2. And it mentions there about Balaam. You remember the story. Those of you who know your Bible. Heading in the wrong way, they suddenly, the donkey stopped and started to talk in a human voice. God intervened and told Balaam, Balaam, you're on the wrong road. And so in Peter we read that this wrong road is the place where there are wells without water. Back in the old days when the Philistines were giving Israel a hard time, they blocked the wells that they Jewish leaders had dug. And when they conquered the Philistines on one occasion, you know what the first thing they did? They unstopped the wells. And they were able to drink the water that their fathers had provided for them. We need to stop sometimes. And look at the wonderful things that have been provided for us here in Calvary Bible Church. For those saints of God who have word from Pastor Weech, Pastor Cole, Pastor Jaisal Thompson, and others who have given themselves to provide what we have today. We need to make sure that we don't lose that heritage they have given to us as we face the next 50 years. We need to do what God's people did. They re-dug the wells that their fathers had dug. We also need to get back to the work of God. You see, that's what we're doing now, is it? Are we doing our work? Are we are we doing God's work in God's way for his glory? Paul said in first in, in Romans chapter 1, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and the salvation. I am prepared to preach the gospel to those who are at Rome also. In some of the most difficult places, we need to be ready to bear witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not enough for the man who stands here week after week and preaches. It's not enough for that Sunday school teacher. But each one of us who knows the Lord Jesus Christ need to be sharing our faith with those with whom we come into contact. Doesn't mean that you beat them over the head with a hammer to try to get their attention. You need to be praying that God will use you to do His work in His way. Because we are living in a world that must be causing God's heart to ache. Sodom and Gomorrah haven't got a look in in what is happening in our world today. And you know what he did in there. He sent the fire and the brimstone. Do you wonder why we are seeing the tsunamis, the earthquakes, the tornadoes, the hurricanes, the devastation around our world? I believe God is seeking to get our attention so that we are challenged afresh to do the work that he has called us to do. That of preaching the word, preaching the gospel, worshiping the Lord, witnessing for the Lord, doing the work of God in the way of God. I would be remiss this morning if I didn't challenge you to realize that God wants us to be fully aware of the fact that outside of Jesus Christ, we are sinners. We need to be saved. And the only way that we need to be saved is by repentance. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior and Lord, what I've been talking about doesn't make much sense to you, but it will if you come to know Him as your Savior and Lord. I came to know Christ as a teenager, and I have served Him all of these years. You'll never have a better life. Then when you turn over your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's also a word to the church that is spoken here. He's standing at the door knocking, waiting for us to open the door. Because there's a great danger that we have become self-sufficient, that we can do our own thing, that we have all the equipment, that we have all the techniques, and we really don't need God. We need to get back to the truth that we are here to be a light in the world, to be the salt of the earth as God's people. If you don't know Him as Savior and Lord, you need to repent. If you do know Him, and you've grown cold, you need to be revived. We've been hearing about that. Allow the Spirit of God to turn you around. Give you a fresh vision so that should He spare us for 50 years more to witness here, that will do His work in His way by His Spirit. Let's bow together in prayer. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want to challenge you this morning. Are you here and you're not a Christian? You need to open your heart and life to Him. If God has been speaking to you, why don't you do that now? As you sit there, just quietly raise your hand. Don't be looking around. It's between you and the Lord. Just as an indication that you want to commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Raise your hand so that we may see it. We can pray for you. Lord bless you. You may take it down. Yeah. The others. Let me say this. If you are, some of the pastors will be here and they'll be willing to pray with you, point you to the Word of God. The other thing I want to say this morning, you've been a part of this church. You're a Christian. You come a little, become a little cold and indifferent and you need to be revived. As God has spoken to you this morning, will you just raise your hand and say, I'm giving my life afresh to Him for whatever He has in store for me in the coming days. Has God spoken to you? Why don't you just indicate that by raising your hand? God bless you. Others. Others. Several of you. What an opportunity at this great celebration for that new start in the work of the Lord. Are there any others before I close? Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessings of life. Thank you for the privilege of sharing your word. Help us to get a fresh vision of what you have for us. We pray that you will speak to our hearts that you will renew our spirit. Open our eyes afresh. Open our ears that we may hear you in a fresh new way. And we shall be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory. Amen. If you have indicated that you want to trust Christ, I presume we're going to sing in closing. Are we singing a song? Yeah. And as they sing, that you may we'll stand and you may come forward, and some of the pastors will be happy to talk with you. God bless you.
1: Uh, Janet, can you put up Psalm 85 for us, please? Psalm 85. Uh, we're going to change our closing hymn. Uh, to reflect the message that Pastor Russell just brought to us. And I'd like for us as God's people to read verses 4 through 7 of Psalm 85. And then we're going to sing as a closing hymn number 386 in your hymn books, in our hymn books, Revive Us Again that the choir sang earlier, Uh, Revive Us Again. Uh, But I would like for us to Uh, really pray this prayer uh, that is written for us in the book of Psalms chapter 84, 85 rather verses 5 verses 4 rather through 7 can we get that first, please Psalm 85 beginning at verse 4 let's read that together God's people as a prayer Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause Thine indignation toward us to cease. Wilt Thou be angry with us forever? Wilt Thou draw out Thine anger to all generations? Wilt Thou not quicken us again, that Thy people may rejoice in Thee? Show us Thy loving kindness, O Jehovah, and grant us by salvation. Thank you very much. Will you not revive us again? What is Jesus the Lord of the church, the head of the church, doing outside knocking on the door? We as God's people need to repent as he says in that passage that Pastor Russell taught from. We need to repent and ask the Lord to turn us, to revive us again. Let's stand and let's sing this closing song, number 386, uh, as we end our service this morning. We're going to use that same arrangement that we did with the choir. We praise thee, O God. For
2: the Son of thy love, for Jesus. Amen.
0: Get ready to leave this service. We thank you for the message. Thank you for the messenger. Would you continue to bless his ministry through the many years that you may have for him among us? In Jesus' name, amen.